Hey everybody's my buddies. Welcome back to the uh, SFC podcast, a podcast about what it looks like to be the light of Jesus in the ski and snowboard culture. Now again this week, I am apologetically your host, Joshua Stock. And here with me today. Hi, I am Ali Heenan. I'm the other host but i don't apologize i'm well, glad to I'm be just, here i just apologize because everybody's used to listening to ryan leeds and his, his silky baritone <laughs> hello everybody welcome and so here we are i've got ali on with me today she's another one of our employees in the uh, sfc support office she's my little sis yep yeah so this week is our final week of the sfc Sheesh. Ask Me Anything series, and we're going to be answering what I have a feeling is a relevant question for much of our community, and the question is this, why should we be a part of an organized, in-person local church when online options are available? That's, that's a big, big one. That's a big one. That's, big big that's a big one. And I think as we got to talking about how we go about answering this question, we were like, man, there is so much information to talk about the church. I mean, books and books and books over thousands of years have been written and consumed on this topic. Yeah. But we wanted to look at where in the Bible we're commanded to gather and why they weren't gathering in the Bible <laughs> in the past, right? We want to look at specifically in Hebrews, uh, in Hebrews 10, Ali, I think is going to read this for us, but in their context, it's that famous, there's a famous verse about not forsaking the assembly, the, the gathering of the believers. Do you, do you have that there, Ali? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Hebrews 10, I'm going to read 19 through 25. It says, therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful." And then this is the verse, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Mm. And so just briefly, I know that some of you know this, but uh, we'll talk about this anyway. The author's writing to the Hebrews. He's writing to the Jews who have been in... Yeah, for thousands of years have been under this idea that God is kind of only approachable through a priest, right? And so the chapters leading up to this are, are he's talking about how now Jesus is our new high priest. We're under, we're under this new covenant and we can come boldly, he says. We can come boldly with full assurance before the throne. And so he's talking about you can, the entire body doesn't have to go through a priest. We can have the assurance that we can come right to the Father. Right. And so that's why he's saying, hey, this is really important that we all come. Right. This isn't like 
in the past where they were the Jews were like, "Hey, Moses, why don't you just go up on that scary looking mountain?" You know, like there was always someone just in between it? them. And God. Yeah, and so he's saying you have to you have to be bold yeah. and step into this because this is the new covenant, right? Yep. And so this is what we're dealing with. He's saying, "Don't forsake the assembly. Don't forsake the gathering. Don't forsake the the coming together. All of you coming together." Because this is really important, and this is this is what God has called us into. This is our place. This is the new covenant. This is what we have. Yeah, yeah. And what's when we were talking about those verses, we were like, man, it, when we look at that, you're like, okay, this was the Hebrew context. This is why they were forsaking the assembly. That's why they needed this reminder to not give up meeting together. But when we read that today, that still <laughs> pulls at us a little bit. And yeah. and I think that's because those verses are still relevant to us today, but the reason that we don't gather is different. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that we do church, I'm using air quotes, the way we do church in the West, it honestly kind of promotes this passive consumer mentality And the question that I was thinking of was, is the church something we are invited to come consume or is it something we are invited to contribute to? And I think the answer to this has a lot to do with how we actually define the church. And so the church in the original biblical context and how we are invited to experience it today it was actually talked about in three different tiers which i think is super cool so in colossians in chapter four it says verse 15 give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at laodicea and to nympha and the church in her house and so we have this first this first layer of the church which is a gathering of people in house and then in Acts eleven twenty two, it says, news of this reached the church in Jerusalem and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. So in this second layer, they, we had like the church in the house and then there's a church in a city or in a region. And finally, in Ephesians 1 verses 22 through 24, it reads, and God placed all things under his feet, that is Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so what Paul is talking about here in Ephesians is the universal church, the global gathering of believers who all say Jesus is Lord and we have been saved through him. And so What's cool about all three of these layers is that the church is very clearly a gathering of people in different sizes, yeah, amounts (laughs) of people. And what you see here is it is never a place first. It is never an event. It's not something you come and you watch. It is in every sense that it is used in the Bible. The church is a group of people. Hmm. And I think when we define it that way, It makes it really clear, this question, is the church something we're invited to consume or something to contribute to? Hmm. It is very clearly in the Bible, the context, very clearly something that we are invited to contribute to. It is a people that that we are invited to be a part of. Right. And while the author of Hebrews might have been writing to these guys saying, hey, here's why you shouldn't forsake the assembly of believers because, you know, this is their thing. Ours is more like we shouldn't just come and consume right right we should we should be people who come with the idea of contribution instead of consumption yeah like 
it's so easy to just click a button and be like, play me a thing as if there's a arrow that points straight out of the computer screen, like into me. I just want to receive and then like, oh, pause, just one button click and I go do something else. And it's like so church, air quotes, church, as far as the entertainment of it or the, or the, I don't know, receiving of it has become so user-friendly. It's become so almost selfishly driven, selfishly motivated that I'm just going to consume this when I want, how I want, and I don't have to it's, give anything. Yeah, it's like so, we were saying it's so like passive. It's so, I don't have to contribute in any way. I'm just consuming. Yep. And that's an unhealthy way. But it's what the Western world's teaching us. We are consumers. Like that's what literally from the time I was born, you know, I've been taught to like consume the TV's always on your commercial, you know, like I've been taught that I'm a consumer, but the church can't operate this way. Yeah. And there's, it's interesting. There's a conversation happening online about pastors and are pastors to be content creators first and pastors second or (laughs) pastors first and content creators second. And you know, with Instagram culture, everything, there's there's this like pressure to be this person with influence that you're always delivering something mm. that is compelling to the people that are listening to you. And and even the call of being a pastor is a call to lay down your life. It is a call to self-sacrifice mm. every day for your whole life. That is what it means to be a pastor, yeah. not to create, you know, content that people think is really good. Is it? And That's good yeah neat yeah thanks because <laughs> that's all just stuff that you consume right you don't have like your pastor sitting on your bed with you after you've gone through sure, something yeah, terrible yeah. like weeping with you yeah in that model right and so our hope for this the way we answer this is that we can give you a compelling vision for the church for what the church is for what the church should be we were already talking about i guess what it should not be a little bit, but um, you probably hear enough of that on the internet. So we'll just talk about <laughs> what it should be. And I want to start with this idea of the body. There are verse, There's a lot of verses on this, but I'm not going to dive into them necessarily. But this idea that the the collection, the the church, the humans that make up the church, right? People. This is this is the people. We the people. <laughs> we the people. <laughs> Keep going, Josh. We the church. Um, <laughs> we. Speaking of Instagram. The the, um, (laughs) the body of Jesus is, you know, it's as an athlete, most of the people who are listening to this are athletes of some kind, right? We're skiers and snowboarders. We understand how the body works at least well enough to know when it hurts and when it's not working well. But the body is so fascinating. I, I love the study of it, the science of it. And I think there's no, it's no coincidence that, that we have this model of this picture of the church being a body and there's many different parts and they have different functions. And if I'm a finger, I still, I'm not going to chop myself off and throw myself across the room and say, go be free, be well, be healthy, be, you know, like as soon as you cut a member of the body off, it becomes dead because it has no support. And what we should be doing, how the church, how the body healthily functions would be that the finger is scratching the itch and the finger (laughs) is feeding the mouth and that you know what I mean like the finger is a very active part and even though it doesn't look or maybe operate like other bits it is still very much a part and very much an important part and every one of us needs to see ourselves 
in that in the light of the body of Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah. The other thing that I, one of the scriptures that I like sort of along those same lines is um, Jesus's high priestly prayer in John. It's this beautiful poetic, it's like two full chapters and he's talking, he's praying for the, for the believers. And Jesus is saying, father, may, may they, he's talking about the believers in front of him and the believers that would be to come, which is cool that Jesus prayed for us. Like Jesus Mm -hmm. literally prayed for me and we have record of it. That's so rad. But he's, he's saying, May they be one with each other. May the believers be one with each other the same way that you and I, Jesus and the Father, are one. May they be one together. May they be united together the same way that you and I. And the the bond between Jesus and the Father, I cannot comprehend, yep. but I'm sure it was strong. You know? <laughs> and so that's what he wants for us. He doesn't want us to separate ourselves from each other when the opportunity is there to unite. Yeah. And I taught at this point men's breakfast thing a couple months ago and I I did this sort of exercise where I said okay let's I have just want to take a poll and there's like I don't know, 50 guys and most of them are retired or whatever and so I said who is you know a skier and you know half the crowd raised and so we went through this process and finally I've said okay now I don't want you to raise your hand on these because I know that you disagree and I don't want to start anything but who voted for Trump who vote who believes in and I and I started asking these questions that Guys were like uncomfortably looking around going, oh man, we're diff- We're more different maybe than we thought. And, and the point was that if, if Jesus prayed, if this group of 50 men who are all in one town, mostly retired, mostly skiers, mostly white, mostly, I don't know, wealthy to middle class, like if anyone has things in common, it should be us. But we have so many differences that separate us, even in this place where we should all be very much alike. And we have this very diverse pool of different people and we're bonded together by one thing and it's a mutual submission to Jesus. Yep. It's a mutual submission to the Father, to the Son, and to each other. And that's fascinating that we can be different. We can be different and embrace our differences and be beautiful in those differences and also be united one with each other in the church, the same way the father and son are united. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. And there's no other community like, like that. Not, that no, exists. not that I can think of, yeah. not that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And people see that and people see that there's like, oh, there's something there. There's something in this community that, that you have to offer people who've left the faith, people who are non-believers, whatever. And they'll look at us and be like, what you guys have is so different it's so unique it's so uh, it's like something that i want in, mm-hmm. as a part it's of my compelling. life yeah because it's a it's a submission to one another right and it's it's a beautiful picture of a thing that was meant to be originally in before creation fell and it's attractive and because of the di- diversity that's in the church i asked my wife if i could share this story and she said yes thanks for asking so <laughs> i'm gonna share this a lot of the times we we like to pull together with I don't know, birds of a feather, you know, you, you're like, oh, dude, that's a, it's a young people church, you know, we'll have air quotes, young people church. It's a, it's a whatever. And, and we tend to like, just flock to the people that we feel like we belong with. Or right? we identify with in some way. Yeah. Yeah. And people who are like us and however we perceive ourselves. And so when we first came here to Summit County, we went to a couple churches we were like, where do we, we where do we fit? And we ended up at Dillon Community Church. And it was funny because the, most of the, it's like older generation. Most at the time it was all 
older generation and we were kind of young and we're like, we need to be here. I don't know why, but we just feel this, you know, they're not exactly like us, but we, we just feel the need that this is where God has us. And so we plugged in and after a couple of years, we, we'd been married for a handful of years and we actually had a miscarriage that was, that was pretty traumatic. The SFC, like the, my 20 year old friends, whatever, they were like, Oh, uh, that sucks. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, you know? And we were like, man, this is terrible. And people were like, yeah, I sounds really tragic, I guess. And we, we just thought like we were the only ones and we didn't, we didn't really have much of a context until we, we called a couple of different older couples, people who are 20, 30 years older than us. And we were like, Hey, we're really struggling with this thing happen. What's it's like embarrassing. It's whatever. And they're like, Oh yeah, that a lot of people have gone through that. And we're like, Oh really? Like, <laughs> like nobody talks about it. And they're like, well, yeah, we had two miscarriages ourselves and these, this couple did. And did you, you should go talk to these guys. And we went and we like found in the body this experience, this wealth of experience in the diversity of, of people who are older than us in different stages of life. And I think that's the beauty of what the body can offer us, not just trying to just plug in with what makes me feel comfortable or who looks and talks and smells exactly like me or whatever, like finding people who are different than you and actually challenge you to maybe break out of your comfort zone a little bit. It, it takes a little bit of, of, of hard work. You know, it takes a little bit of investing, a little bit of sacrificing, but the beauty that comes in the wholeness, you know, in Ephesians, it talks about the fullness of God is found in the body of, in the collection, the body of believers. And that's so encouraging. Like we need that. You're not going to find that just press and play on a thing that's coming through your computer screen, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's funny just even thinking about the diversity of the body. When I first moved to Colorado, I kind of found myself and still find myself in between social groups. So I feel like I'm kind of this person who's like, you know, mid to late 20s, not married, no kids. And a lot of my friends are either married with kids or 21, 22, like shred guys. And I think for a while I was bothered by that and I was like, I don't know, I just felt like I was getting the short end of the stick because I didn't have people that like related to me and my stage of life. And what I didn't really realize was that through that time, I had been building relationships with a bunch of people who are not like me in the way that, I don't know, I thought they should be or I, I wanted. And I remember my friend Kelsey came to visit I think it was October of last year and we went to Dillon Community Church. It was one of the weeks that Copper had taken a break for I guess the shoulder season and so we went to Dillon Community Church and the service was great and afterwards I I saw a handful of people that I knew and had relationships with and they were all just older women that I knew and loved and kind of knew what was going on in my life and they all came up and like one of them, Judy Deal and Missy, all of these women who are so great. They were like, how are you guys? Oh, this is your friend, Kelsey. That's great. Nice to meet you. And Kelsey and I went on a hike later that day and she was like, you are so lucky. And I was like, what do you mean? Why? <laughs> and she was like, you have so many people that you can go to if something's going on. Like you have so many elders in your life. And it struck me because she was so missing this experience of church that I have lived in now for almost two years and have neglected to be grateful for. And 
it really just shifted my perspective. And I was like, man, I am glad that that I have elders. I am glad that I have people around who have different experiences in life that I do who are two or five steps ahead. And she was like, my church in Florida, we don't have that. Everyone is around my age. Everyone is early to mid 20s. And I can't think of a single person who I would consider an elder that I would be able to go to if something serious was going on. And so there's this value of diversity that that I think we get to experience when we when we submit to being a part of a body of believers and not just our group of friends, our group of people who are just like us, who have the same interests, the same beliefs, the same everything. Like we we need the the diversity. Mm. Yeah, I spoke on the the beauty and the value of the church. Uh, gosh, last year perhaps I'm not sure at church, but I um, my correction to our sort of bad theology was, or our bad view of the church is that love love serving love is not just the beginning of a tennis game. <laughs> love serving love, but love is this serving. Like we talk all the time about, like man, I love my community, but love as we know it, love even in that Hebrews we were talking about, he, he talks about Jesus's sacrifice, Jesus's sacrifice, what he's done and how he's made this new covenant through grace, through his own personal sacrifice for us so that we can be elevated. And this idea of love is sacrifice, right? Yeah. It's, it's love serving, love serving, love serving, love. Like that's how, that's how the community is built. That's how the body is built up. That's how we are to operate because that's how we've come to even receive this is that Jesus loved us and he sacrificed and served for us. And so now that we receive that love, it's like this cycle, right? He, we've, we've been given love, we've received it, and then we go right back out and give it back out, right? It's the cycle. And if we're only ever looking to receive and never give, we're not actually loving. We're not a part of love if we're not giving love, Right. We're just a selfish black hole that's just sucking. You know, we suck. Like literally, <laughs> if if all you ever do is receive, then you're just a, you're a vortex that sucks in attention and affirmation and all that stuff, which is good when it's given back out. Yeah. But when, when we just become a black hole, we're not actually loving. And love serves. Yep. And we give and we take and we give and we take. We, we give and we receive. And... That's hard for a lot of us because sometimes I think the reason, one of the many hindrances for us going to a church in the first place is like, they don't really feel like they're so different. Like we were just talking about the diversity. Diversity can be hard yeah, because it challenges, I want to live in my own head and I want to justify my own sin and I want to, you know, like I sort of live in this place of comfort and I don't ever have to engage because engaging means I've got to give something yep. right before I get back. And, and that's, that's really hard. And so sometimes we don't, one of the hindrances, they're just not like me and, and it's uncomfortable and I don't want to, but that's like a really immature place to operate out of. And it's not true love because it's only receiving and it's never giving. And I think the picture, another picture of the, of the, just how beautiful the church is, is that the Bible talks about this is the bride of Christ. These people, this is, is the inheritance. 
It's, it's Jesus's inheritance is, is found in his people, his bride. We are to be building each other up and encouraging each other and, and, and telling each other, hold fast, stay, stay the course. Like, because that's our job is, is to, is to build the bride up for the returning King. Right. We it's, it's, I should look at the church and not go, man, they're different and they're broken. And, oh, that guy said this and this guy. Did, and one time they like, it's so easy to gripe and moan and look at the church through that lens, that judgmental lens. Or what I think the Bible's telling us to do is look at it like, man, she's so different. She's so great. That, that old lady that I, you know, like she is. And that one kid, that young, he's so, it's so funny, like how young he is and just the way thing. And like, it's, it's our job to look lovingly with the eyes of love and and compassion on the church and go man they're just my heart these people are my heart and and I want to be a part of building them up I've received grace I've received love and I want to give that back and build that in this community because we were talking earlier about like any community everybody like think of a a really loving community where everybody's loving and serving each other and it's just like oh you know like that kumbaya ohm sort of it's like imagine a community like that Everybody wants to yeah. be a part of something where they're giving and receiving and every yeah, everybody's yeah. equal. I think we're and, made for that. Sure, of yeah. course. And so everybody wants it, but who wants to build it, right? Like who wants to actually invest into that? It's hard yeah. because people are broken and, and sometimes my differences do rub other people's differences the wrong way and we go... I don't like, I don't know how to deal with this. And like relationships are hard. They take patience and they take courage. They take commitment. They take intentionality. And that's part of this thing is that it's our goal. It's our mission. It's our heart to love and serve and sacrifice only because Jesus's example was loving and serving and sacrificing. And we've received that. And it's like, Man, you can only have so much of that before it's got to overflow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've. This is making me think of something. So go ahead. Let's just yeah, go yeah, with go. it. <laughs> um, but if you if you think about economics, part of I think it's macroeconomics is the laws of supply and demand. And there's too much demand, and there's not enough supply. Like that's not good for the community. Right. And and for us, like as Christians in in the church. If you had a bunch of people come to church and all they had was need, all they had was demand and they had nothing to give and they didn't intend to come to give, Mm. like that church would fail really quickly. Just completely drained. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it would be so drained. If there were leaders at the church, they would be so drained. Mm. And and it made me think of, um, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking about scuba divers and how when you send a scuba diver down into the depths of the ocean you're in this high li- physically pressurous situation high pressure <laughs> is pressure yeah. a word? i don't think so <laughs> you're <High>. in <laughs> you're in this high pressure situation and you have this oxygen tank that helps you be able to exist in high pressure situations. And if you didn't have that oxygen tank or if you were sharing it with another person, eventually it would run out and one of you would not be okay. You'd have to return to the surface or you would die under the pressure. And so there's this necessity for us as believers to have our own, our own source of love, our own, 
our own connection to the Lord so that we can show up in community and have something to pour out. And that's that's the Christian life is that we as believers are all coming together and where you lack and where you need encouragement, I have encouragement because I've been going to the Lord. And so I can pour that out to you. And mm. when I have also been going to the Lord, but I need encouragement when I have lack, you can pour into me and that's how it works. Mm. And if if we all come to church and we all come to the body with the fullness of the love of God because we know him, because we're investing in our relationship with him, we can pour out to each other. And that's this like beautiful, the body is working together model that I think we all want. Like we want to be in relationships where we are both giving and receiving from each other. And the only way to do that is, is to be going to the Lord on our own and to recognize that we have something to give in that. Yeah. That's so good. In Ephesians three, it says when we're together with God's holy people, that's the one we, we grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep the father's love yeah. is for us, Christ, the love of Christ. And it says at the end of that it says that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Like when you're together, it says together with all of the Lord's holy people, we actually get to be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Like the fullness of God. Like what is, what does that even mean? That's a huge, that's a huge concept. But like you were saying, it's like the church is God's, one of God's answers to our current loneliness, our current lack. The church when it's operating in a healthy way is actually supplying us with some of that. Right. And then when we feel feel filled we get to actually pour that back out into others and so it's this love serving love serving love we're just constantly receiving and giving and that's a part of this in person not online not a consumerist sort of thing but a a very involved you know self-sacrificial self-sacrificial situation it's it's a very highly relational highly beneficial i mean we got to give a lot but you'll get, you'll receive a lot too. You know, yeah. It's like the more you give, the more you'll get. And, and it's almost like if you're not giving much for to press the space bar and hit play on a thing, like, I don't know how much we'll receive when we, when we never learn to give. Right. Yeah. And I think something that a lot of us are realizing kind of now post COVID yeah. <laughs> at least a bit <laughs> is that a lot of us have this lived experience of feeling lonely and Mm. especially after two years of you know stay in your home don't gather with people don't be in a group of this many people or more like we're used to now kind of going at it on our own and and I I want to see the body of Christ like God's people get back to this in-person relying on each other thing because I think that's where the loneliness that we feel is cured and I was talking to a friend recently and we were talking about being lonely and I think loneliness is the outcome of lack of connection with God and lack of connection with people Mm. and so if you are feeling lonely if that's part of your post-COVID experience is man I feel disconnected from people I used to have a church family that I felt really close with that knew me really well. And now because of different circumstances, some of it just being like pure health issues, I can't gather that way anymore. Figure out a way to gather with God's people Mm. because that is how loneliness is cured. God created us to live in community and and to be connected with one another and connected with him Mm. and for that to keep us 
not lonely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what sustains us. You know, it's the church, a fellow brother or sister who's who's actually, you know, in Physically the vicinity, there. Yeah, 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 here in front of me is what will challenge me, is what will keep me accountable, is what will keep me encouraged and go, man, let's pray right now. You know, like yeah. Jesus literally said, where two or more are gathered, there I am in their midst. Like God, however this works scientifically, I'm not sure, but like he literally shows up when we come together in his name, supernaturally, I don't know, in the spiritual realm, whatever. But that actually happens and you can actually feel that. Like we we know from lived experiences that, that, that God is in the mix. When we take the step to go, man, this is important. Yeah. And we, we have people who are in places, you know, some of our friends in France are like, do the closest church is like an hour and a half drive from, you know, like we have, we have people in places who, who do have very real hindrances to meeting physically or different I don't know, health situations or whatever. But we still need, even if you're like supplementing, you know, if you're, it's like, bro, drive to that church once a month, at least like put the FaceTime in, figure out what you have to do, wear a mask. If you have to, you know, like figure out we have to be able to figure out ways around this because yeah. God created us to be face to face and we need this interaction because you need it and I need it and she needs it. And you know, like literally yeah. we all need each other. We have to be relying on each other and having each other's backs or the enemy will just pick us off one at a time. Yep. Do you ever watch those? I used to love freaking planet earth <laughs> videos and it's like <laughs> the, predator. the predator. He's like, Oh, he singles out the weak, of the old, you know? And he's like, and then he just picks them off. And literally that's the way, that's the way the enemy pr- prowls around, right? He's, he, he'll pick us off. And so we've got to commit to sticking with the pack. However that looks. Yeah. I was actually, I was listening to a podcast recently hosted by Jenny Allen and Kurt Thompson was on the podcast and he was talking about a study where they had a person go into a room and then I think somehow experience some sort of pain and they were measuring in their brain their physical experience of the pain and how their brain like responded to the stress of that pain and so they had this person do this and then they said I wonder how this would change if they had a person next to them. And so they had a second person come into the room and hold their hand and then do the exact same thing. And their physical experience of the pain was the same, but the amount of stress that their brain experienced in response to that pain was far lower. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. <laughs> it shows scientifically we something changes when we are physically next to each other mm. in the way that we go through hardship, in the way that we experience pain, that it is higher when we don't have yeah. people around and we're going through it. It's so necessary to be together, to be physically together as the body of Christ. Amen. Amen, Allie. Okay, <laughs> let's start to uh, slowly uh, come to our conclusion. So we agree, don't we? Yeah. For the most part? Yeah. Right. I, you and I, for sure. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> About this. We agree. <laughs> this. <laughs> we agree that stepping into a real live in person living breathing community that is giving and taking is it, it will be hard right there will be hindrances it 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 is uncomfortable especially for those of us who are introverts or whatever you know there are things that will just be difficult about this especially if maybe it's an older church or maybe it's a 
maybe you're old and it's a younger church. Maybe it's a, you know, whatever. They're all skiers. (laughs) (laughs) No snowboarders? (laughs) Yeah, imagine. Like, it will be hard to step into a body of people who are different, especially, we were talking about this earlier, where, um, like a local church is essentially just a sampling of your community. If you did like a, a, like a core sample, like it just has these different like layers and different, like literally a church will have like a business owner and a a single person and some married people and some children and a snowboarder. And you know, like it'll have different people pulled from the community and that makes it really cool. It's a, it's an easy way to engage with different parts of your community all in one place, like on a different level. And, it might be difficult to step into that, but even with the things that it brings up that are uncomfortable and difficult and challenging, this is how God designed us to live. This model is actually how God designed you and I and the listeners. This is how he designed us to live. And it, this is actually, it's the Bible says it's his gift to us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's God's gift to his people, the community, the family, like no other family will ever experience on the planet in any other way. This is God's gift to me. And if I'm denying it or ignoring it or tearing it down, like that's not good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Something I was reading the book Life Together by Diedrich Bonhoeffer and something that he says was if you are single, you have been given a family in the church. Mm -hmm. If you're an orphan, you have been given a family in the church. Mm -hmm. And there is not a single Christian on the face of the earth earth that shouldn't have the experience of family through the church like it is god's gift to us no matter what your life stage is if it is functioning healthily in in the way laid out in scripture it is supposed to be a family a gift to every believer and i mean especially for me being single i'm like the the church is my family like you are my family and i feel like i've experienced that here in a way that yeah, I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, Allie moved into town and just immediately like popped in and was just Auntie Allie to the kids. And yeah. she was just one of the crew, felt like a sister. And yeah, that's the beauty of it. Like we, we, remember we, we are the church. Like this should be fun. This should be, this should be enjoyable, right? Yeah. It, this, it, it actually is when you, when you dive into the adventure of it, because it is an adventure and there are plenty of challenges in adventure. Like this is literally what we're doing. And we're talking to skiers and snowboarders mostly on this podcast. Like we understand this level of adventure and, and this need to be bold and this need to be courageous and dive into this and go, we're going to do this and it's going to be hard. Heck yeah. And it's good. There's going to be things that are, we'll be like, how the heck do we get up over that? You know, like literally that we're on an adventure that we, the family, like this should be really fun. Like this should be an adventure that we should commit to and, and and a purpose that we commit to because in going we will receive and in giving and in sacrificing we will receive and we are all better off the community is better off the kingdom literally eternity is better off yeah. when we are courageous and bold enough to go and dive into this thing that is often difficult often uncomfortable it, we're just all better off when we do it that way yeah and that's how we see god like Absolutely. we we are all made in the image of God. He has he has put parts of himself into mm. all of us to reflect, to shine, 
back into the world who he is, his nature and his character. And when you are cut off from the body, you see less of the faces of God. You see less of his kindness, less of his tenderness, less of the way he makes silly jokes um, (laughs) and says, everybody's, Um, you see less of God. And, and man, we get to see God when we just, we commit to being courageous and living in community. Yeah. Amen. 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 Well done. Thanks, Allie. Hey, everybody, we just want to thank you for joining us. Thanks, Allie, for being willing to do this. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, we hope that you, the listener, would find this conversation um, helpful. You'd find it encouraging. Maybe you find it challenging. And if so, reach out to some of us. Let's talk about this if this was challenging. But we hope that this conversation and all these conversations will help us all to shine brighter and bridge better. And until next series, right? Whoa. Yep. We'll see you then. See you then. Thanks, everyone.